Consequence Podcast Network. The expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks, and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Christ. It's, it's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Robers, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> The Bonnaroo Music and Arts Festival. For people who know, you know that it's all about live music, hundreds of acts. It's about community. It's about people getting together and radiating positivity. It's also about a journey. This has been a journey for me since at least 2007. It's been a journey for my partner, on the What Podcast, Russ, since at least 2018. And we have a special guest today, David Bruce, better known as I Am Bonnaroo. His journey is about what Bonnaroo is all about. This is a guy who came on a whim in 2011 and this last year had his photographs displayed in an amazing format and he also has a new project which the Bonnaroo people came up with along with him called the Bonnaroo, Bonnaroo yearbook Russ I can't think of a better example <laughs> and there are hundreds of them and that's the point I really want to emphasize it's not like this is an outlier right there are hundreds of examples oh yeah of people who Bonnaroo has become a huge part of their lives for many, many reasons. But David's is, is a great example of this random thing that he thought he would go to. And then the Bonnaroo people reached out and said, Hey, we've been paying attention to what you're doing. We love it. How can we help make it better? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you pretty much, he needs no introduction. I mean, if you listen to the show, if you go to Bonnaroo, you probably know David, or at least his work. You've seen probably the photographs that he posts. Uh, I am Bonnaroo on Instagram. And uh, so we're very fortunate to have him come on and talk with us about what he was able to do. And it's nice to actually talk about Bonnaroo again. You know, we've been uh, spent the last few weeks. We've talked about Moon River, which we just had here in Chattanooga. You know, Brad went to Riot Fest. We're kind of branching out to other festivals. But, you know, with the show was kind of formed over was Bonnaroo and it's always nice to get back to talking to it even in we're at now in October yeah. and we're talking about a, a festival that happened in June <laughs> yeah that's a great point and um it's big and it's big again we we talk about it during the show it's because it's become this year-round conversation right 
Um, yeah. And, we, and it's funny. We talked last last week with Brad. Is this the are we at the end of a season or the beginning of a season? And I I don't know. Y'all, you guys seem to want to have those definitions, endpoints, and starting points more than I do. Because to <laughs> me, it never ends. I mean, it's just continuous. It, it really doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, it's it's a year round thing. It it never ends. Um, yeah, you're just like me, where probably at least once a day you think of Bonnaroo, or at least something reminds you of something that happened to Bonnaroo, or you talk to somebody that you met from Bonnaroo, and so it's it's just so woven into the fabric, uh, you know, of everything that we do. Pretty much, yeah. it's it's almost become. Uh, a part of us and again david uh, it's like david said yeah he said uh it's made him a better person yeah. um not to give away the right the interview but uh, yeah you'll hear him talk about that too again he's you know he lives in new york but i consider yeah. him a friend i, I know mm-hmm. you do i mean there's so many people yeah. that that are now parts of our lives that that don't live near us you know but i i think of them as being close friends uh, because of this festival and and this community, so again, it's the journey and it's the um, friendships and the the shared uh, experiences and just cool people. I mean, let's just be honest; it's yeah. just cool people, right? <laughs> it's, it is cool people, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's what keeps us coming back and and thinking about it and talking about it. Is you know the lineup comes out and you know you know it's going to be great, but yeah. For me, I don't care what the lineup is. Right. I don't care who they announce. <laughs> right. You know, I'm going back to uh, to hang out with you and and people like David and just see all these people that we talk to year round. Um, it, you know, it almost is like a homecoming thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how great is it? This last year when we were there, we're walking out of what uh, one of the I guess the media area and oh hey, there's David Bruce. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think yeah. you said oh hey, there's David. <laughs> And uh, then he yeah <laughs> he came back to camp and then he followed us to uh, do one of the interviews with one of the bands and and shoot photographs. I mean, how cool is that to have this guy who's such a great photographer join us? You know, to be a part of uh, taking these pictures. He and, and 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 I mentioned Nate Gale. Nate is so great to do that. He he's done it for years and years. But we're so lucky to have people like that. But. That's just that those sort of random things like, um, you know, oh, hey, you want to take a picture? Okay, cool. You know, <laughs> works for us. Uh, exactly. Yep. All right, so here we go. Here's our interview, a visit with David Bruce. I am Bonnaroo. Russ is going to include a lot of links and um, not just to his work, but also his websites and, and what he's doing. So uh, check it out. Please yeah, visit. This- Please do, and and uh, this is one you almost want to. If you listen to the podcast on Spotify or anything, you know, uh, you might want to check over on YouTube because we're going to have a lot of pictures of what he's talking about and stuff. So this is almost more of a visual episode, just as it is uh, one to listen to. For sure, good point. All right, so that's it. Enjoy, and uh, see you guys soon. And we are back another episode of the what podcast thank you all for listening thank you all for watching thank you all for finding us whatever it is you're doing i'm barry to the on your screen there and the pbr hat is russ or as we like to call him lord taco we have a very special guest as we always do we have david bruce with us you might know him as i am bonnaroo 
and thank you, David, for joining us. We are so excited to talk about this. I'm, I'm going to call this sort of a journey episode because to me, this episode is all about the Bonnaroo journey. And you'll, you guys will understand what I mean as we get into this, but what I'm so excited to talk about this, (laughs) how we met, when we met, where it's gone for you, for us, it's incredible, right? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that uh, are regulars at the farm that can sort of relate to this because people go there, they make connections, they make new friends and, um, you know, they start calling them family, you know, it's like your extended family. So, So yeah, for sure. Let me see if I can set the the table, if you will. And, And you guys, please jump in and correct me if I get dates wrong or names wrong or the story wrong or whatever. But, um. I started, I went to the first one, 2002, for the first day. Didn't attend. I covered it for the Times Free Press, Chattanooga Times Free Press, as a reporter. Uh, Realized immediately what a cool thing and kind of wished that I was there. But I also didn't want to camp and, to be quite honest, was not a big uh, jam band fan. So it wasn't totally my scene. Flashback to 2007, the paper said, hey, we need you to start going regularly. And I said, okay. And so started going. I've been going ever since 2007. Uh, Our co-host, Brad Steiner, who is not here, as you will see. um, Brad lives in New York and has a whole lot of uh, uh, things on his plate. He's a radio guy. And so this year, kind of not always with us, but... He and I were having lunch regularly after that. We started uh, hanging out quite a bit and realized we were talking about Bonnaroo all the time, year-round. And we were about to go to the 2018 Bonnaroo. Which, That's correct. Yeah, he's been there since the beginning as well. Kind of, He missed a few early on like I did, but has been every year since. Um, but realized we were talking about it all the time. And realized we should probably do a um, a show. He came up with the idea for a podcast. He reached out to some guy named Lord Taco, who I'd not met, who I'd never heard of. Taco at Legend. that time stood for what? Tweeting and communicating online, which was what? A, a random name you plucked out of nowhere, right? I mean, am I? Yeah, well, there was a bunch of us. There was a Dr. Taco and a Mr. Taco and... Commander Taco, and and, uh, so I just picked Lord Taco just literally for no reason it was available. Yeah, you certainly didn't think it was ever going to show up on a podcast, right? (laughs) No, if if people were going to call me that in real life, I probably would have put a little more thought into the name. (laughs) But so Brad left, I mean, he left the lunch, and like the next day he said, I have a website, we have a podcast, I have a guy who's building it for us, it's Lord Taco, and we're going to do this show for two months, three months leading up to the 2018 Bonnaroo. And that was it. That was that was our thought. And we reached out to AC Entertainment, which was the co-founder of Bonnaroo, just so we could be legit, you know, and, and said, um, here's what we're going to do. And they were like, we love the idea. You can't use Bonnaroo in anything, any of your graphics, um, but we love the idea. So... That's sort of where it started. Um, we've been doing this ever since. 
somewhere along the line, I don't remember what year it was, David, do you, when we, when we met and sort of reached out, was it 19? Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, um, I first met Russ, uh, ironically enough, at a speakeasy mini room the first year that uh, Bonnaroo was canceled because of COVID. Okay. So and, 20. Uh, That's right. Yeah. So I went, uh, I, I was, you know, all dressed for the party and had no place to go. So I impulsively ended up going down to, um, to Lindsay's farm, which is about 30 minutes from where Bonnaroo is held every year. Um, he invited a bunch of people down. I grabbed my camera gear, some film, uh, met some fantastic people down there who none of I had ever met before. True Ruvians, um, you know, Russ was one of those people and uh, we started chatting and um, it's kind of like I had a conversation with him there, I believe, before I actually even realized, he, you know, he was Lord Taco, even though I, I was fully aware of Lord Taco. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that, that's kind of where that's that's kind of where I think I, I came into, you know, the fold with you folks. Um, yeah. So that was the inception of that. So. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for me, I mean, like you said, I, I had never been to Bonnaroo um 2018 was my first year you guys uh had gone nearly every year um of course us living so close in chattanooga i've always heard of bonnaroo known people that gone um just had never gone for whatever reason i've had the bus 20 years um and you know that's one of the most frequently asked questions when people see it and want to talk they're like oh i bet you take it to bonnaroo and i'm like no i've never been and then it started to become a question of why haven't i been what's you know, uh, so it was on my radar and I was thinking about going. And then when, you know, Brad approached and that said, can we get a website and a podcast? I said, sure. Can I get a ticket? And that was basically the agreement was that was my payment was to set all this up. Um, I got a ticket to go. And of course, we all thought this was a one off. You know, we'll do this for the year and then that'll be it. Um, but heck, we're, what, six years later, we're still doing yeah. it. Yeah. David, you mentioned the the mini roo, and uh, that's that's part of this journey. You mentioned Lindsay. Um, like I said, Brad and I talked about. We we realized we were talking about Bonnaroo year round. We have met. Oh. He and I. I knew Brad because of our jobs prior, but it was at Bonnaroo where we really met and hung out and became friends, and then we started Camp Nut Butter which is named because his wife, Hillary, is a vegan vegetarian and makes her own nut butter. And quite frankly, nut butter is a funny word. So I said, that's what we should, you know, I just randomly said, let's see you guys next year at Camp Nut Butter. Well, it's, we now have a sign. We, I mean, it was a whole thing, right? So it's, it, the people that were there, we, we had like 28 people one year at its, at its biggest uh, that I remember. Wow. And these are people that, you know, I would see once a year, but they were, like you said, David, they became family. Um, yeah, you sure. know, uh, some were from Chattanooga, some not. Um, you mentioned again, going back the mini roo when the, when we had the pandemic, uh, had mini roos all over the place. And Lindsay, who Russ and I saw earlier this month at Moon River, as we have every year oh. for the last couple of years, one of the great Bonnaroo people, uh, Charlotte and Daniel, and, and they have 
They have oh. some really cool stuff in the works from the Rue bus, the real Rue bus. Um, these are people that we talk to year-round. These are uh, Chloe, you know, uh, Liesel, people that have become friends because mm -hmm. of Bonnaroo. Parker. Uh, yeah, Parker sure. and Reed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just an amazing community. And so I wanted to sort of set that table uh as to why we're here how we got here and, and uh and introduce david um your project bring everybody up to speed as to how you got to bonnaroo and then we'll sort of go from there because you had a project at bonnaroo this last year that i again oh. everything about your story and our story to me is what bonnaroo is all about uh, for people who who are listening, you guys know. I mean, there's nobody listening who's not been, who doesn't understand. But it's so much more than just a series of concerts, right? I mean, it, the live music is great. Oh, for sure. But it's so much more, and it's this community and the things that have come out of it. I mean, I never imagined we'd be doing this. I can only imagine you never thought you would be taking the doing the I Am Bonnaroo project like you are. So... Bring people no, up to speed, if you don't mind. Sure, and, and before I do that, just um, just to sort of comment on something that you said. One of one of the things that I learned this year, specifically in the whole process with talking with folks from Bonnaroo who I'd never communicated with before, is um, you know they're they are truly interested in uh, the Bonnaroo community, and it's apparent you know that that's how they're really growing. The Bonnaroo experience. I mean, I, I'm sure that if you talked with uh, Daniel and Sharla from the Rue bus, um, they would sort of uh, say that's true as well, too. And I mean, if you, if you look at all of the things they've done in the plaza this year, um, they're really making Bonnaroo an expanded experience that goes beyond just the music, which is great because, you know, a, a lot of people that... Um, they go to Bonnaroo regularly say, you know, it's, it's great to hear the lineup. I look forward to seeing the bands I want to see. I look forward to learning about artists that I've never heard of before, but they're really going for the Bonnaroo experience. And uh, I think to me, it's become come obvious that the people who are sort of driving the Bonnaroo bus um, totally get that. And they're, they're really capitalizing on that. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, we've seen this year all of the outer Rue experiences. I mean, it, it has a name now. They have all of these different plazas, and they really sort of uh, put that into hard overdrive this year. Um, you know, and luckily for me, I, I got to be a small part of that, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, so I digress. But to, to get back to your, your last question, um, to try to summarize it, um, I first went to Bonnaroo. Uh, in 2011, um, it was an impulsive decision. Um, my daughter, who at the time was a freshman in college, uh, sent my wife a message and said, um, I'm going to go to this music festival in Tennessee this year. She sent me uh, a text. I was at work and she said, what do you know about a festival called Bonnaroo in Tennessee? I said, it's a world-class music festival. Why? And she said, because Madison, our daughter, is thinking about going, and I told her that I was, wow, I said, I think that's great. I'm, I'm actually envious of that. So 
Um, what happened was uh, her roommate's uh, dad at the time, who lives in Long Island, I live in upstate New York, um, had also told his daughter that he was kind of envious that she was going. And she suggested, well, why don't you get together with Madison's dad and you guys can go to Bonnaroo together. So my, my first trip to Bonnaroo was um, with somebody who I didn't know, uh, who, uh, you know, who I got to know really well on a thousand mile journey down there. Uh, we still send each other Christmas cards every year. Um, I think 2011 <laughs> was the only year that he's been. Um, but what a, what a great experience, you know, and I mean, I, th I think that's part of the Bonnaroo experience is, is the journey there. Um, it's definitely uh, making connections with people. It's, it's, you know, those memories and those stories that don't leave you, that, that stick and last, you know. Um, so, you know, fast forward to now, I haven't missed a Bonnaroo. Uh, the first time I went to Bonnaroo in 2011, I decided to bring a camera and a few rolls of film because, you know, I'm a photographer and um, just kind of shoot what was going on down there. And I didn't, I didn't really have any expectation of what it was going to be like. And, um, you know, so, and we went, me and Joe, the guy that I went down there with in 2011, went, we just showed up massively unprepared. I mean, our tent neighbors must have just been pointing and laughing at us, you know. Um, so I went down with a few rolls of film. Um, I brought a vintage film camera because I sort of envisioned it being a little bit like Woodstock, and I kind of wanted to capture that Woodstock essence. Talk, and, uh, let me interrupt a little bit. When you say sure. that, uh, for a lot of people, they they think camera, they think their phone. Uh, yeah. Did you was it black and white that first year, or did you bring color film, or I mean, one twenty? No, nope, I mean, what was, did you bring? So um, I brought a, a, a I brought a nineteen sixty nine. Um, to be very specific, uh, Nikon film camera, uh, 35 millimeter film camera, because, you know, when I, when I thought about how I wanted those images to possibly look, I was thinking of the original Woodstock festival. I was nice. thinking of ironically enough, Vietnam. So you did have wanted you, that you had, you did have a little bit of a vision. I mean, it was accidental and, and I think it's important yes. to this narrative, but you did have a little bit yep. of, um, vision going in. So I'd, for sure. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, and, and, you know, and the thing of it is, is the best laid plans, that, that whole saying, especially when you're walking into a, a scenario that you're not, that you're not really that familiar with. Um, I, I could have shot those, those half a dozen rolls of film that I brought with me in the first half a day I was at Bonnaroo. I was there and I was, I was like a kid walking around at Disney World for the first time. It was a visual feast. I had to pace myself. I had to try to source some additional film and just try to get through the weekend that way. So, you know, so if you think about 2011 going down with five or six rolls of film and a camera, now I travel down there with two primary cameras, a backup camera, and 45 rolls of film. Literally, <laughs> that's what I did this year. And it's not just it's not just black and white. It's black and white and color. Um, wow. Okay. And you know. I was a portrait photographer, um, and my philosophy is, is unless color plays a role in making a photo better, it's a distraction. So that's why I typically shot everything in black and white, and I still shoot black and white. But then, you know, I started, it, it kind of dawned on me after a few years that, you know, Bonnaroo was such a colorful place. 
Um, and the people are so colorful that I was kind of missing, I was missing a little, a little bit of that ingredient by just shooting black and white. So now I shoot pretty much equally black and white in color film there. Okay. Yeah, uh, th there is a difference between because uh, you know most people now one click in Photoshop in a color photo becomes black and white. Yeah. But you are actually using black and white film that yeah. does not process any color. What what's the difference between that and just clicking a button? Like, is the film does it you know is yeah. it richer? Is one one hundred percent and and you know the the. The images that you see on my Instagram social feed are all low res and they're JPEG, so they're truncated. Yeah. So where, where you really notice the difference between a high quality digital image and a high quality film image is in the print, in the large print. I'm not saying that one is better, they just look and feel different. So to answer your question, um, black and white film has a very specific grain structure I love grain. Um, the more grain, the better. And it's, and it's, you know, the image is actually captured by silver particles on film. Um, color film is a little bit different. I mean, I, I've shot color images that I've converted to black and white because I just thought the image was better in black and white or grayscale. But when you look at those, you can still tell that even though it kind of looks like a, a film image that was converted from color to black and white, it, the, from a print standpoint, the two images still look very different yeah that's um, that's what i was getting at because i would say there's a huge generation of people now who've never shot on a film camera you know digital yeah. photography is the only thing they know For so sure. That's, sure. that's a pretty neat pretty neat distinction yeah, that's that's exactly right that's why i asked it is it our our phones take really nice photos and and we all can be really good photographers and capture a great image uh but when you see a professional who knows what he's doing, it's a huge difference. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, there, there's, there's definitely a difference. And, you know, I, I see in the digital world that um, the, a lot more of the filters are sort of adding grain and, you know, dust speckles and trying to replicate the look and feel of film, which I think is very cool. Yeah. Because to me, it, it means that, that uh, you know, people still want to see that kind of imagery, you know. Um, but... Anyway, so yeah, we, like we're, snob, we're but... getting into the into the weeds here. So the so <laughs> yeah, sure. so you realize pretty quickly uh, that this was a, a treasure trove, right? You realized you had a, an opportunity to do something really cool with this festival, right? Definitely, one hundred percent. And um, so you know, after I went the second year and uh, was a little bit more prepared, um, I had said to my wife. You know, it'd be really cool is if I could turn this into like a five-year project because now it's not just, you know, some photos that I shot. Now, now it's a body of work. And if I could do it for five years, then that's kind of an accomplishment, you know. It's, it's sort of like an opus, I guess. But I, once I got into it, I just, I couldn't stop doing it. It just kept growing. And the more, the more I went, the more I shot the more feedback that I got from people that I still get from people that just kept the wind in my sails. Um, I just, it just kept going and kept going. So and then I set my sight on a 10 year mark. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for 10 consecutive years because that's for me personally, that's an accomplishment. And of course uh, the 10th year was the, the COVID rue that never happened, you know, and that's how I ended up down at Lindsay's farm. So 
Yeah, and essentially, I did shoot Bonnarubians. And you reached out <laughs> to uh, us at one point. Uh, thankfully, I guess you met Russ and reached out, and uh, we we had you on the show and talked about the great photos and and what you were doing and your project. And then um, I remember you reached out and uh, very humbly uh, kind of said, you know, is there any way you can hook me up with the folks that? at Bonnaroo and uh, get you more access. I don't think you were asking for anything crazy or anything like that. Um, and they were receptive. Um, and then you started uh, for folks who, uh, you know, been part of this show for a while, you've seen David's work. One of the great parts about this whole festival is we started uh, with the show getting access to artists and getting interviews and just kind of randomly, right, David? I mean, I don't know. How, it's not like it's a formal thing. You met us backstage and uh, we would got to do some interviews with some really cool artists. And you were like, do you mind if I take photographs of these artists? And we're like, heck no, that would be awesome. So, um, I mean, churches, yeah. was that was one of my favorite interviews ever and you were there i mean we looked uh, right russ we looked like we knew what we were doing right we come walking in with <laughs> yeah. all of our equipment and we got a professional two of them actually nate gale also has been so kind to shoot artists for us and um and you david so we yeah. got these amazing it's like we walked in with a whole crew like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah we look like we a know what we're doing they had. yeah yeah but it's so much ironically fun. enough and i again i don't want to digress but i was actually watching uh church's live performance um at glastonbury from this year last night wow. so and you know to 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 see them on that stage you know across the great pond um at, in that capacity just doing their things i'm literally sitting there saying to myself i remember when i was with the what podcast guys sitting in a small trailer with these three people and it's just it was it was literally literally surreal well, was that, like, wow it was so great. cool it was very cool yeah. and, and uh yeah so you, awesome. anyway um so again trying to tell this story sort of as tightly as i can or we can so you went your first five years six years by yourself took all these photographs right i mean in their huge format i remember you we would i remember asking you to send us a copy and i mean it's it's a big big digital format these are not again iphone for uh photos so you're very yeah. serious about it and so you did that and then tell us about this this last year because again the and this is the part of the journey uh and a I, I, I heard you say that earlier. This has been a journey. The whole Bonnaroo experience for so many people is a journey, and it has evolved and developed. And, again, for people who don't know or are new to it, it's just so much more than a list of bands who are performing. There's all these things oh. that are happening behind the scenes, year-round, whatever, just like we're talking about. So when did you, when did they reach out to you or tell that story? Cause you came to our camp this last year on, uh, was it Sunday morning or Saturday? Sunday morning, wasn't it? 
I think it was the last. Yeah, yeah, I think it was the last day. I think it was Sunday morning. Yeah. You came and and were telling uh, telling us about this project that you had at Bonnaroo, and uh, I, I really want to get into that because it's so cool and it illustrates not just your journey, but it illustrates Bonnaroo's, as you kind of alluded to earlier, their um, what's the word, their um, acceptance of all these things like this and their willingness oh. to say there's a lot of cool stuff happening like with the Rubus and uh, the beer exchange yeah. and the parachute people and there are so many cool things that people are doing that are part of this experience that are not you know they're not on the program so to speak though some of these things are um yeah. But anyway, uh, tell us about that, how that happened and how it evolved and what you did. Okay, so how it happened, and I'll, I'll, there's, a, there's a lot of details, and I'm going to try to consolidate it for you a little bit. But So it was um, February, it was sometime in February of this year, and you know at that point everything's kind of radio silent from, from Bonnaroo for the obvious reasons, you know, they're in between things. And I got a random uh, email one day from somebody um, from Bonnaroo and said, they basically said, hey, um, we're wondering if you might be interested in, in possibly a collaboration this year. It was literally just like that. And I had to read it like three or four times because, I mean, obviously that's a rhetorical question, you know. So I simply responded, absolutely, <laughs> you know. Um, and they, so I got an email back uh, probably the next day that said, okay, great. Um, at this point, um, maybe we should try to do a, a FaceTime or a Zoom meeting so that we can finally, you know, meet you and meet us and we can kind of get to know each other in so many words. And I'm like, perfect, just let me know when. Uh, so another day or so goes by and they said, are you available next Wednesday at 11 o'clock? And I said, yes, I am. So... Still, I had no idea what was going on. I had, to, I had a week to think about it. I was trying not to overthink it. Um, it could have been something that I wasn't maybe interested in doing, um, or it could have been something great. I, I really had right. no idea, you know? So um, the Zoom meeting uh, was, was me and two, two people from Bonnaroo. Actually, one of the people was, was from C3 Presents, who is based out of Austin, who organizes a lot of festivals, uh, Bonnaroo being one of them. And the second person that was on that Zoom was Corey, and I'm sure he probably wouldn't mind me mentioning his name. You guys have had Corey on yeah, your show. Yeah, we're going to have him on here in mm -hmm. a couple and, weeks, yeah, very soon. So Yeah, I, I literally looked at him when I saw him pop up in the Zoom window, and I said, I know you from the What Podcast. <laughs> and he just started laughing. <laughs> um, but But so anyways... So the, the, first Zoom, the first Zoom conversation was um, fairly brief. It was kind of like, hey, nice to meet you. And it was, it was kind of like, just so you know, we love your project. We've been following it for years. For me, that was a massive win right there. And they said, we, we would like to collab, we, we'd like to collaborate with you somehow. Don't know how you feel about that and don't even really know what that would possibly look like. Um, so in a sense, do you have any ideas? Maybe we can come up with some, some ideas together. So I, I was totally unprepared for that because going into it, I thought they sort of had an idea or a vision for what this collaboration would be. Um, 
so I kind of thought about it for a second and I said, well, I said in a, in a perfect world, I said, you know, one year I went on the farm and I saw some Danny Clinch photos. Danny Clinch is a, is a legendary uh, concert photographer. And they had a few of his photos just wheat pasted on some of the barricades throughout Centerville. I thought that was really cool. I mean, I literally said, wow, this is, this is fantastic. And I told them that. And I said, so I guess kind of a dream of mine might be that I could walk into Centerville Bonnaroo at some point and see one of my images some of my images displayed somehow, I said that that would be an, a major accomplishment for me, you know. And without hesitating, they said, um, we can do that. I was like, wow, great. And then they talked and they said, well, we're, we'll reach out to this person who manages all of those things at Bonnaroo and we'll get back to you and we'll let you know what that looks like. But maybe we could do like 12 to 18 photos. And I'm like, that would be, that would be incredible, honestly. So another week or so went by and um, they came back and uh, they said, yeah, we're going to do that. Um, can, can we possibly have maybe around 30 images? And I said, yes, you can. <laughs> so without going to that, so there, there was days in between kind of very gray communication but every time they ask for something, I'm like, absolutely. Thank you so much. That, that actually grew into over 100 high-resolution images by the time it was all said and done, um, which they used uh, at the, uh, the rest stop plaza. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll talk more, more about that. But I didn't even really know what that was going to look like until I, until I showed up. I didn't know how those photos were going to be used they could have just cherry picked their favorite 15 out of the hundred that I sent and used those. I had no idea what it was going to be. But it, as, as far as the yearbook thing goes, what had happened in one of these conversations is I impulsively sent them an email. Um, and I said, Hey, listen, I said, maybe for 2024 down the road, I had this idea of doing um, a photo shoot of, you know, some por a portrait session of, of the, the Bonnaroovians kind of make it look a little bit like a red carpet event. And I, and I, I mocked up one of my previous photos with a, with a made up blurb uh, for the person in the photo and said, hey, my first year at Bonnaroo was this and my favorite part of Bonnaroo is this. And I said, and this is how this could possibly look. And one of those folks in the, the five people that this email chain had grown into said, um, this is a pretty cool idea. We'll, we'll talk about it and we'll get back to you. And I'm like, awesome. Another week or so goes by and uh, they asked if I was, they sent a message and said, are you available to do another Zoom meeting next Tuesday at one o'clock? And I said, yes, I am. And uh, this was with a whole different group of people and I thought at that point we were still talking about the photo installation that I had been working on with them. And what I realized was they wanted to sort of hit the ground running with this project that became the, uh, the Bonnaroo yearbook series. And um, they, they, they kind of came up with the name, the yearbook series, um, with the idea that it would be something that would continue from, from one year to the next. So at that point, I'm pretty excited because now I'm like, they're not just talking about a one-off for 
2024 or even 2023, they're talking about this possibly growing into a regular thing. And, you know, I had said to them, I said, I, I think that folks would really dig this. I think it's a, another way to engage people there, but not only there during the festival, but to keep people engaged after the festival by just trickling these things out as we go along. They said, yeah, we think that's, that's a great idea. Let's do it. So that's truncating a, a pretty long story about how the, the yearbook series became. And that sort of was started running parallel before Bonnaroo this year with the whole photo installation thing that I was doing. And that's what the whole initial conversation was about. Yeah. So, I mean, all I really had to do was they asked, all I had to do was sort of put out an idea that I had. Um, they liked it and it became a true collaboration because they named the project. They gave the space, the project a space. Um, and not only that, but after Bonnaroo this year, they put me in contact with the person who was their lead graphic designer. And um, that individual came up with the color scheme that I use for all of the yearbook posts, um, sent me the font, which is a licensed font, by the way. They actually, they actually paid a typographer in like Switzerland or Germany to design their Bonnaroo <laughs> font. And if you look at it, it's very unique. It has the Bonnaroo logo sort of built into the, to the O's and zeros and stuff. So, you know, so from that standpoint, it, it definitely became a true collaboration, you know? See, I hope people who, if you're still with us, you understand when I said, this is the journey. That's what we were going to talk about on this show is wow. Wow. I remember when you were sitting yeah. with us on that Sunday morning and, and it was a brief conversation, but I mean, I remember thinking this is going to be a great podcast episode or multiple ones because what a journey, right? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. H halfway through that conversation, I was wishing we had hit know, record recording because <laughs> like, this is a, this is a great story. Yeah. I, I thought the same. Where, where's yeah. the camera? Where's the recorder? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's so much about it. It illustrates the Bonnaroo, Bonnaroo's willingness to do cool things, right? I mean, that's the mm, thing. Mm -hmm. I remember walking in that very first day in 2002 thinking, this is a different event. You know, the, these guys are willing to and trying to do cool things for mm, the fans. Definitely for themselves yeah. right it wasn't I, i've said it since we started this show i never felt like they had their hand in my wallet it wasn't about a money grab it was about doing cool stuff right yeah. and uh this mm. is i mean you know david you come from new york on a whim because your daughter's coming you come with a guy you've never met before and you thought mm. this is a cool thing and look where it's it's come so Tell us, yeah. you, I remember your, your yearbook series. Tell us about the, the family, I think, that you shot. I think it was a, a husband and wife and maybe a child, or maybe it was just a husband and wife. But he, uh, he had a particular request as to how he wanted to be <laughs> re re photographed, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a standout for me. Um, I had a lot of standouts. I mean, I, I, was, I was thrilled with the turnout from the people, um, the enthusiasm. One of the things that I had mentioned real quick to the folks in the Zoom call is, 
is I, I really want the yearbook series to showcase the diversity of the Bonnaroo community. I'm, I'm hoping it's not, you know, one or two kinds of people that show up for it. And it, it, it's truly a, a diverse photo series. And I'm, I'm only about halfway through it, to be perfectly honest with you. I shot a lot, but I'm sorry to, to answer your question. So this, this guy and his, I, I can't remember if his wife or, wife or his girlfriend showed up. And as I'm getting ready to take their photo, he says to me, do you mind if I get naked for my photo? And I said, I'd be disappointed if you didn't, you know. So um, he did. And, and meanwhile, my buddy Scott, who's helping me out with this, who is essential to me, you know, getting getting through this every day, um, was had a whole line of people who had showed up for their for the, the time slot that were waiting to get their photo taken. There was probably 15 people in the line at the time. And this this dude literally just dropped everything except for the hat he was wearing. He got naked and I took him and his wife's photo in front of a line full of people. Um, I asked him to hold her fan in front of, you know, his midsection to, because I'm like, there's no way that I'll ever be able to show these on socials or there's no way Bonnaroo will ever share them if you're full on naked. So he did that. And that ended up being the, the shot that I used, but yeah, he had like a, um, one of the just, Japanese fans, right? You said fan. Yeah. yeah. One of those, what do they call those, those pop fans or something I'm not like sure that? sure what their technical term yeah. is, but uh, yeah, that's funny. But yeah, just one of, one of my great stories that I got from, from shooting that series this year, you know? So the other thing you, you said, and, and, and it gave me chills to hear you talk about it. And you mentioned Danny Glinch, who is terrific. So what was it like mm. for you to walk in and see your photographs? It was the, the, uh, where in the woods, right? They were, they were on the fence area, uh, yeah. leading in. Yep. What was that like, man? I can't even imagine. I, Wow. So what happened was we, we entered Bonnaroo in an area that we never entered before this year because we were camping in a vendor camping area. They gave us directions on how to get there. And when we got to the, the security check-in point, we were met by a person in a golf cart who sort of um, chaperoned us to where we needed to be. Um, so as we actually start getting into um, the Bonnaroo grounds on the farm and start seeing the tents, um, we start driving down the dirt road that, that basically goes right past where in the woods. And then all of a sudden we came up to this chain link fence that had all of the photos just displayed. And we're literally driving to where we were going to be camping. And that was, that was the first time I saw that. It was the first time I realized exactly how all of those images that I sent to them were, were being used because I still really had no idea. But there was over a hundred large format images mounted on that chain link fence. They, they printed um, nine 12 foot long vinyl panels and just decorated the outside of that, that fence that, that led into the rest stop. Um, and I, I, yeah. I, I, I got chills. I, 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 just, I, I just did again. Probably <laughs> even had <laughs> tears welled up in my eyes because I never would have, um, you know, I, even before I got the email in February, I, I wasn't I wasn't close to, to ending this project. But, you know, I'm I was getting to the point where it's like, OK, it's kind of plateauing a little bit. Um, it's sort of status quo. 
what's next? You know, what do I do that's, that's anything different to try to grow this a little bit? And then boom, I get that email in February. And then to see that come to fruition in June, um, the way that it did was just, it's like, wow, okay, I'm, I'm definitely not, I'm not done here yet, you know? Along those lines, so. what do you, you know, the, the idea is ask for it, reach for the moon. What, what's your idea? What do you want to do? I mean, the yearbook thing, you want yeah. to continue. I assume you're going to continue your, your photographs. Is, is there something else? Uh, and, you know, maybe you can't talk about it yet. I don't, I don't even know. I haven't asked, I haven't asked you yet, but is there something else you want to do? Not really. Not, you know, well, I don't want to say not really. There's, there's lots I want to do. I mean, I definitely want to continue with the yearbook series because I think that now people actually see what it's, what it is. Um, it's going to generate even more interest. And um, I, I think that if I do it again this year, I mean, I was told that I would be doing it this year. I don't want to take that for granted. But I think that, you know, I'll probably have a little bit of a different space and, and things like that. But I mean, you know, when it's all said and done, I'd love to do a book. And one of the reasons why I haven't really started compiling that yet is because I'm not done with the project yet, you know. But at some point, I, I definitely want to I want to do a book that's going to sort of be the, the whole I am Bonnaroo sort of story. And I think that I don't know, probably not from a printed standpoint, but I think Bonnaroo is definitely going to be doing something with the yearbook series photos as well, whether it's an online thing or or, or whatever. But, you know, one of the, one of the things that you said is to, to people is ask, you, you, you know. If, if you have an idea, mm-hmm. if you think nobody that you're sending emails or messages into the abyss to the folks at Bonnaroo, just put it out there. And even if you don't get a response, um, doesn't mean that they're not paying attention and they're not listening because that's, that's truly my, my uh, personal experience with them. And what I found out afterwards is that they had been paying attention all along. Yeah. Um, we've, we've found the same, and, you know, that, I mean, you remember, uh, Russ, I'll, I'll never, I mean, there've been so many incidents, but do you remember when we asked to, uh, interview, uh, Steven and, um, Brian, the guys who booked the, the, uh, artists and, uh, actually what I, I had reached out to Ted Heining and said, I'd like to interview you. And he said, nah, you don't want to talk to me. How about you talk to the guys who actually booked the artists? And I'm like, are you kidding? That's an option. <laughs> and then, yeah, we had no idea, no idea. And then I, you know, I slept on it overnight and I thought they're just in Knoxville. They're an hour and a half away. Why don't we go up there? And they said, come on, Mm. you know, so the, the, um, that, that, I'm glad you mentioned that again, David, because that sort of thing is, I think why this festival is so different. If somebody has Mm. a good idea, they're willing to at least listen and see if it can't work. And I mean, you know, let's be honest. It's it's great for them because it's free labor. I mean, uh, you know, at the very basic, you know, they get for you know f- yeah. free stuff, and it's cool. Sure. Um, yeah. But not everybody does that. You know, not everybody is willing no. to say, absolutely, do it, run with it. Um, yeah. So, that's really cool. You know, and and the thing of it is, is I had multiple Zoom. Uh, meetings with these folks and at the end of every one of them they said okay great is is there anything else that you know you need from us and 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 every time I was never prepared for that and <laughs> yeah. um, I, and to be honest with you um, I, I never asked 
I was just so grateful to be to be doing that. I, I never asked for anything. You know, I mean, this project for me is never I've never made a dollar from this project. It's a labor of love. Yeah. Matter of fact, it's cost me thousands of dollars. Yeah, I understand. Um, filming, we? processing. <laughs> we understand. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's not a money thing. It's totally a passion project for me. And you want to know something? My my reward for that is is, is them paying attention and them sort of, you know, helping me sort of show the work. Well. And they're doing that on a they're doing that on a grand a grandiose scale. Well, I, I, I think I can speak for Russ and Brad. I mean, for us to be able to go online and see your photo of churches and Briston Maroney and whoever else, you know, you were there shooting. Um, um, it's just, it's, it's a wow. It's a wow. I can't believe we got to do that. That was really cool type of thing. So, um, and I, I did want to ask town. just because, I mean, it's a, kind of a personal thing but what does your wife and daughter think of this now not like your wife doesn't go my wife doesn't go but she 100 percent sees the passion that i have for it and so she's uh, like it's your thing go have a great time you know and, and for me you know if it's a week i'm gone for a week sometimes not yeah. this last time and, yeah. and she gets it so uh you know, give her a little shout out. I assume she's very supportive like my wife is. Yeah. You know, I don't, maybe it's, maybe it's the name Kelly because both of our wives' names are Kelly. But, um, I, I can tell you that my project wouldn't be what it is right now without my wife's support. And that's, that's the only way that I can sort of summarize that. She is, she has never been to Bonnaroo. She has no desire to go to Bonnaroo. Right. It's, it's not her thing. She is this project's largest fan. And, and um, I can say that. And, and so is my daughter and so are my two sons. Both, both of my sons were music industry majors. They've both been to Bonnaroo with me. Uh, my daughter, by the way, showed up uh, as a surprise on Father's Day while I was doing the yearbook shoot. Um, said she wasn't going to be there because she had a work commitment, which was true. And uh, she showed up and surprised me while I was doing the yearbook thing on Father's Day. Uh, nice. Wow. Incredible. Very cool. All right. What have we, uh, yeah. anything I haven't asked about? Um, I, I, this was everything that I thought it would be, right? What am I missing, Russ? Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to that. Uh, you mentioned the 2020 year when Bonnaroo was canceled, and that was going to be your 10-year anniversary mm. of this thing. And, um, you know, we we kind of both showed up at this, uh, mini room out in, uh, what, uh, Winchester, Tennessee. Um, you know, I think your experience was kind of similar to mine. I didn't know anyone. I knew Daniel and Sharla and I get a text with an address and just says, show up this weekend. And I'm thinking, okay, there's, there's no Bonnaroo. So we might as well try this. So, you know, I hop in the car and drive out to very, very rural Tennessee. Beautiful. Uh, not and don't know anybody don't know what I'm gonna show up at uh, had never met Lindsay before and it, you know it's his property mm. and what the, what there was maybe 50 of us that kind of just showed up and and of course by the end of the weekend we were all you know really close and that's kind of where this uh, friendship started was uh, you know since there was no Bonnaroo we were forced to try these different you know kind of last minute uh, alternative camping plans and all that yeah. And and I think that 
definitely had an impact on how, how we've kind of evolved as far as just because, you know, like we, you know, uh, there's a bunch of people I met there, including you, that we talk almost every day. Hmm. Was that the year you came yeah. you came to my house? David, was that the same year or was it the next? I think that was 2021 because we did two of these mini rooms. Yeah. 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 So, and, and actually, if, if I could take a minute to talk about both of those things. Yeah. When, when I, you know, one, one of my... One of my interests in going to the first uh, Miniru was because I really wanted to see if the, if the Bonnaroo spirit thrived and survived outside of the farm on those four days. And it, it did, and, and then some. It was fantastic. I pulled in there, mm-hmm. like Russ said, I knew nobody. No one yeah. knew, had no idea what to expect. By the time I was out of my car, I had a few people walking over and asking me if I needed help setting up my tent. Um, Russ and I got to know each other. We ended up doing a second trip during another canceled uh, Bonnaroo thing. Um, I'm texting him like, hey, are you going down to Lindsay's farm? And he's like, yes, I am. So I'm driving down the thousand mile journey by myself. Um, I get a message from Russ saying, hey, Mark uh, Rubile, pronouncing his name wrong, I'm sure, is gonna be playing in Chattanooga. He was supposed to be on Bonnaroo's lineup that year. He said, uh, we're going to go see him in uh, Chattanooga. Are you interested in going? I'm like, yes, I'm interested in going. So, you know, that was a great thing that I got to do with with Russ, um, you know, during another year that Bonnaroo was canceled. Um, we jumped in the bus. Uh, we came yeah. to your house. It was the first time I met you and Brad. You, you were an amazing host. Um, definitely a highlight for me that weekend. I got to meet you guys. We had a couple of beers on your porch um yeah it was it was just a fantastic journey it was literally just another chapter to the whole bonnaroo yeah. journey for me personally you know and the, and the thing is yeah that's, that's it's not just us i mean that's that's what is so amazing is it's not like there's just these 50 people or 10 people that have these experience there's thousands of them that have similar mm. experiences right that's what makes this thing what, so special one hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's a bunch of people that are going to listen to the podcast that will hear that part if it if it doesn't get edited out. And they're going to be like, I, I can relate to that. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. And I'm not I'm not just trying to throw some sunshine your way. But, you know, if I didn't know you, I would still listen to the podcast, because when you listen to the podcast, it's like sitting there being part of a conversation with people that you know and you're talking about things that, you know, some, some commonality. You understand the Bonnaroo experience because you've been there. So it feels like you're just part of a conversation with some friends in a room. So that, yeah. that's the beauty of, of the What Podcast, you know? It's like nothing else I, me, I know right. of. I mean, I, you know, I have, we all have hobbies and passions and, and, and whatever, but I don't know anything else like this. And, um, it's very cool, and and I'm so happy for you, David. It it that Sunday morning with you and Russ, we're sitting there, and I I think we had a couple other campmates who I could just see in their faces like, really, what? I mean, that is so cool, you know. It's um, yeah. It's like I said, it's it's this journey that we've all been on, and uh, can't wait to see what happens next. I mean, I don't know how else to put it, yeah. right? Yeah. You and me both, because for me personally, um, I had, going into the new year, I had no idea that, 
I thought I was going to go into another year reaching out to somebody that I've never met before, asking for photo credentials so that I could get my camera gear into center. A lot, of, yeah. a lot of people just, you know, they'll message me and they'll be like, hey, how do I get, a, how do I get photo credentials for, to shoot Bonnaroo? And I'm, my response is, that's a good question because <laughs> up until this point, I've had to try to figure that out every year, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and you know, to be clear, it's because some people are going to be thinking that it, you're not shooting bands. And I don't know why I feel yeah. like we need to say that you're, you know, cause that's, that's when people think photo, they think you're going to be shooting the bands. That's not your interest and not what you're uh, after. And uh, you're interested yeah. in the experience and there's plenty of that to photograph. So, all right. Well, oh, it's yeah. Well, David, thank you so much for giving up your time and for what you're doing and for being a friend to us and to this show. And, um, I just think it's awesome. And I, I, like I said, there's dozens and dozens of similar stories uh, about people who have found Bonnaroo and, and it become an adventure and a journey. And uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's changed my life. Uh, there's no question about it. And uh, I wouldn't know Russ. I wouldn't know Brad, really. Yeah. I, I certainly wouldn't know you, David, um, without Bonnaroo. And I'm better for it. So... Very cool. 100%. All right. Yeah, I've said to a number of people in the past that I don't think I was a, a bad person before Bonnaroo. Uh, I don't, I don't want to suggest that, but um, it's, I've definitely become a better, uh, better rounded person because of the Bonnaroo experience, for sure. I mean, it's cause and effect, you know? Yeah, just be cool, man. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? Just be cool. Just be cool. Yeah, that just simple. relax. All right. All yeah, right. See this this glass right here. It says, "Calm the fuck down." <laughs> you probably can't read that. But that that's 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 the mantra. You know? Just whatever. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Rush. You know I love you. Good to see you guys, David. Thank you. I can't wait to see you. Yeah, thank um, you. Yeah. This summer, and and I know we'll talk yeah, before look- then. Yeah, looking forward to spending some quality time with you guys on the farm again. If not, if not before somehow. If also, not sooner, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that, that'd be uh, awesome. Like, like you said, that Sunday when the three of us were just kind of sitting at camp, just telling stories and talking. I mean, that's what this—that's what we wanted to bring to this show, and that kind of—it's nice to revisit that. So I'm definitely looking yeah. forward to next year. All right. Yeah, I'm honored, guys. Thanks. Appreciate you. All right, so there you go, David Bruce. What a great guy. Uh, what a good friend. I mean, you know, when people ask me, "Do you know somebody?" my my sort of uh, dividing line, if you will, is, "Have they been to my house?" David Bruce has been to my house. <laughs> he sure has. <laughs> so he's a friend. I, I consider him mm-hmm. a very close friend, and and I absolutely respect what he does. Me too. Yep. Can't wait to see uh, what he does for next year. Maybe he can get a chance to come down to Chattanooga for Moon River. That would be cool, too. Seriously, can you imagine driving up on a golf cart and seeing your photographs 12 feet big on a, on a fence yeah, at Bonnaroo? Yeah, I know. That, that, that's got to be just mind-blowing. That's really cool. All right, guys. Thank you all. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great life.
Consequence Podcast Network.